meditation and then once I got diagnosed with Crohn's and then got sick again realized that I wasn't following my own guidelines that were in the book so then started reliving working through the book and then adding in all the other stuff that I've learned so I've since done my yoga teacher training I've started learning about Ayurveda. Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Join your host, Mark Slight, as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Hello and welcome back to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast and episode number 46 and part two with Jen Wilson. In part one we covered a lot about Jen and her, her medical past and how she got over Crohn's colitis and how she's she's got through that now and how she coped with that. Today we're going to move on a little bit and find out a little bit more about Jen, a little bit more about her health, also how she helps her clients on a day-to-day basis. So Jen takes us back to I guess the beginning of her current journey, if you like, from her divorce through how she got over that by partying 24-7, moving on to how she wrote a book to help others, yet ended up learning probably more from her own book than she has anything else in her life. We also find out how she's learned to love herself again and why that's been such an important part of her journey and getting back to health. And then towards the end, we tap on a bit of a bit of a more sensitive subject of, of why women are becoming more empowered now and, and how we see more women in in top roles all over the world and what we can do to to increase this this habit that's become even more. So let's not delay, let's get straight back into it with Jen because I know you're itching to hear more from Jen. So here we go then, this is episode number 46 and don't forget to hang around at the end as well as I've got a really good offer for you to take up before the end of March. So here we go then, part two with the amazing Jen Wilson. Hey, welcome back Jen, how you doing? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm wonderful. Thank you. So we talked in part one um, a lot about your background, about your Crohn's and how you've, how you've got over that, how you cope now. Yeah. Um, I want to now talk about what you do and how you help your clients and the Warrior Woman Project, um, which is your thing, which is your, your product. Um, yeah. Tell us about it. What, what is the Warrior Woman Project? So the Warrior Woman Project is a product of me falling apart. I um, mentioned in the last podcast that I'd gone through a divorce. So in 2010, my husband split up. He moved back to Australia. That's where he was from. And because we both wanted, I wanted to live in Scotland, he wanted to live in Australia, and that's why we were splitting up. So on paper and logically, it made perfect sense. We didn't fall out, we didn't hate each other. It was just one of those crossroad things that we had to deal with, and that's fine. So because I had... Because it was so logical, I was like, well, I can't, as much as I can be upset about it, I can't be falling apart and I can't be anything else because it doesn't make sense with not falling out. So I didn't ever grieve the end of that marriage. So instead what I did was I went out and partied. And I partied for about nine months. And I'm talking, one of my friends ended up moving into my house, into my spare room. There was always beer in the fridge. We would have beer if we didn't have to drive anywhere, we breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, we would be out Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, sometimes on a Sunday night. Just constantly, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm having a great time, I'm partying, I'm loving life. And then I, during, in that time, I thought, 
do you know what? It's supposed to be really good for healing heartache because in my head I knew that I needed to deal with it but outside I wasn't letting anybody know but running a marathon is a really good idea and running supposed to be really good to help you clear your head blah 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 so I signed up for the Edinburgh Marathon which happens at the end of May so technically I should have been training over winter but we'd had a really bad winter so I didn't train um about a month before me and my flatmate who was a runner like she ran all the time and had done the Edinburgh Marathon a couple of times before. Um, about a month before we went out and did, I think, a 20k, so it wasn't even quite half, half the distance. And then we ran the Edinburgh Marathon at the end of me, and I managed to run it. So hang on, hang on, you don't, you'd only done, because a marathon's 44k roughly, isn't it? So you've uh-huh. done 20k, uh-huh. and from that you've jumped to a marathon distance. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> Not, not wise. At, no. about, at about mile four, my hip got locked up because I used to have really tight hips because I taught a lot of spin classes. So my hips were really tight. So I kind of hobbled the way, most of the way around it. But I managed to get around it and I did it in just over five hours, which considering I hadn't trained wasn't that bad. Um, and then after the marathon, I'd been out on the Friday night, obviously, been out clubbing. And on the Sunday, we did this marathon. And on the Monday, I decided that I was going to do a detox because obviously after a big event, you want the detox, not before it, because that's that where my brain was at that point. So decided to do a detox, so there was no alcohol, there was no partying, there was no junk foods. About three weeks in, my flatmate went away with her family for the weekend, and I ended up underneath the kitchen table, a complete mess, proper emotional breakdown. Didn't know what was wrong with me, couldn't stop crying, like what what the hell is going on here so I've contacted one of my friends who is an NLP coach which is neuro-linguistic programming um which helps you change your mindset and deal with trauma and things like that very quickly like just being able to accept it acknowledge it and change the way you think about it so I contacted him and explained to him what was going on and he was like funny you contact me I was going to contact you I was wondering if you would personal train me so let's do a swap I was personal training him for his NLP sessions. So for about six months, I was going to him dealing with all this stuff that had been going on and then stuff that happened when I was younger. And after that, I then started rebuilding my life and felt much better about everything and started realising that I had gone through this process of understanding more about myself and accepting more about myself. And I wanted to help other people do that. So I went and did my NLP practitioner and master practitioner course and learned more about that so I could bring more of the psychology side into it. So from the business that I had at the time, I then created this product called the Warrior Women Project, which was a 12-week project where I walked people through a lot of the stuff that I had learned about myself. So understanding where you are just now, what are your values, how do you bring your values into everyday life so that you're living by them. Um, self-care, self-belief, self-love, reassessing where you're at, goal setting, doing all these sorts of things. Um, and I had women that would come along to it and we'd do a wee weekly workshop and that was great. And then somebody said to me, oh, you should write a book with all this stuff that, you, that you're teaching, write a book. And I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> so a, two or a few different people had sort of suggested it to me and they, they were all like in different, from different parts of my life and I was like okay enough people are saying this to me it must be a thing so I then started working on the book. I originally had a publisher that I was going to work with and 
he helped me get the full outline of the book, took the, initial, the first draft away, got some feedback on it, I made all the changes, sent it back to him again, and then I had a meeting with him, and he was like, what you've done is exactly what we've asked for, but what we would need to do to make this more marketable is what are you down in the book? So we can either go ahead and do the edits and give you a book that you won't be happy with at the end, or I can give you the content of your book back and you can go do whatever you like with it. So because the Warrior Woman is about accepting yourself and self-love, that didn't him at and it didn't make any sense. So I took the book and then went and self-published it. So that Become a Warrior Woman was my book, the way that I wanted it written, in my words, how I want to help people. <clears throat> and then off the back of that, I've adjusted some of the workshops and I've then gone into more doing more stuff with meditation. And then once I got diagnosed with Crohn's and then got sick again, realised that I wasn't following my own guidelines that were in the book. So then started reliving, working through the book. And then adding in all the other stuff that I've learned. I've since done my yoga teacher training. I've started learning about Ayurveda. Learned more about that proper self-care and proper nurturing practices. So that that's now what I'm, what I'm teaching people is that, yeah, take a step back and understand your values. But what do you really, really, truly need to do to love yourself and look after yourself and accept yourself? Yeah, that's fantastic. It's a um, very similar message to what I put out there as well. And how do you get people when they come to you, first of all, to understand really where they are? Because there's a, there's a big step. You talk about Ayurveda there and things like that. There's a massive step from where people generally are when they come to you, a little bit lost maybe, poor diet, poor nutrition, poor lifestyle, poor mindset, to this like utopia or way of being. So how do you get them to understand exactly where they are and the potential to where they can go? So what I, I use a tool called the Wheel of Happiness, which in some coaching, some coaches will use one called the Wheel of Life, and it, it's just your circle, and it's got health, um, spirit, spirituality, religion, family, relationships, money, career, personal development, and you mark out of one to ten where you want on it. But what I do with mine is I don't give the headings. So when I first speak to a client, if they're wanting to work with me on their health, it's like, right, let's break this down mental health, physical health, emotional health, diet and nutrition, body image. If it's relationships that they want to work on, okay, break it down. Is it work, fam family, immediate family, external family, friends, and break that down so that they can then pinpoint which specific part it is that's actually out of balance. Because what I find quite often is people come to me and they'll be like, everything's a mess, I can't get a straight thought, but it's actually just one tiny wee thing that's like that tomato seed that's stuck in your teeth that's driving you fucking mental and it knocks your whole concentration of everything else out. So it's like, right, what is that wee tomato seed? What is it that's really, really bugging you that's making everything else look really bad? So when we can start to then work on pinpointing that, so we start with the wheel of happiness to try and narrow it down and when something's off balance, ask the question, is that okay? So when, if I had done my wheel of happiness last year, when I was trying to work on my health, my health would have been really low and my business would have been really low and my social life would have been really low, but everything was focused on getting my health back in order and I had to be okay with that. And sometimes you have to be okay with you taking your foot off the pedal for other things so that you can concentrate on the one thing that needs the concentration and work. And just getting women to under or people to understand that can be 
almost revolutionary, revolutionary to some of them. They're like, oh, right, they're thinking that everything needs to be 10 out of 10 all the time. And it's like, no, man, you're going to kill yourself if you do that. <laughs> it's really yeah. too much. Yeah. So what, find out what is it that's really wrong? What is it that's really important to be right just now so that we can then start putting the steps in place? And I find working out people's values with them is light bulb moments, eyes open, they can understand why they make the decisions they make, they understand more about why they are who they are and how it is that they operate and that just gives them more understanding of themselves really. Yeah, values and visions, we, we talked about that, so I think back in episode four of this podcast with Marie Olsen, setting values, visions and goals and it's mm-hmm. huge, having them core values to, to, to rely on all the time is, yeah. is, is a massive thing that not a lot of people have done. I'll be yeah. perfectly honest with you now, the wheel, whatever you call it, the wheel of life, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I'd done that about a year ago myself and, <laughs> and I was at a stage, I'd done it because my business wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. So I thought, what's going on with the business? I've done this wheel of life and I've, I've started to mark myself out. I've done it twice and I started to mark down our nutrition, obviously nine or 10 or eight or nine, mm. exercise eight or nine, obviously. And then I went back a week later and I'd done it again. And I found that I'd done it. I was more honest the second time and I thought, well, actually my diet could be a little bit better. My relationships where I'd put down, oh yeah, six or seven. Actually, no, there are two or three really. And, and, and you start, when you're honest, and you start to really look at things in a different way, yeah. it becomes so clear what the problems are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I've got, got a client at the minute that it's her business that's the problem. It's not, she wants to lose weight. And yeah, we can look at nutrition and, and sleep and everything else. But the stress of her business is affecting yeah all our relationships, all our eating habits, all our sleep patterns, it's affecting everything. And that one element of our life, sort that out, will sort everything else out. Yeah, it's like, it's like resetting the first domino. Yeah, and but how many can... people don't see that? Yeah, yeah, because they, they can't, I think so many people are just so stuck in their own lives, they need to be able to, or need somebody to help them take that step back and evaluate it from a distance rather than from being stuck inside it. Because when you're stuck inside the hamster wheel, it's like it just keeps going, it just keeps going. It's like, no, you need to stop it and take a step off and look at the bigger picture to see what's what's really going on. But it does take a lot of being honest with yourself. It does. And I think as a coach, I could I can spot things quite quickly and I can spot the, the problems, but the client has to spot them themselves. Because yeah. if I turn around to you, if you're my client and say, right, okay, your relationships suck. This is the problem. You're <laughs> going to get really defensive and angry at me. And your response is going to be very poor. You need to, to see that moment yourself. You need to see that light yourself. And then you think much like you did with your diet and your Crohn's disease. Oh, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, and I had so many frustrating conversations when I was getting coached by Brian. I remember, like, it would take me weeks or maybe even months to work something out. And he's like, uh He had had that written down on his sheet of paper. Like, and I was like, why did you not just tell me that? And I could have got it sorted. And he's like, because you need to work it out. If I tell you, you'll just go, all right, okay. And it's it not got the same impact. You need to come to that realisation. I used to, like, punch him. Because I actually hate you. <laughs> so now I'm that person that does that to my clients. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's nice to know that all my clients want to punch me now. So, <laughs> They're how, not how, all me though, so they might not. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. Um, how do you get them to take the first step then when, when they come to you? What, what is the first step? Is it filling out the life will that's the first step? That's the first step that I, that I do with them. And then look at their values to see where their values are misaligned because normally the wheels misaligned with how the values being misaligned and then that helps us start to set some goals around it of okay what is it that you want to 
actually achieve from this? How are we going to use your values to bring that all into alignment? Do you find that they come to you with set values? Because I know a lot of my clients working on values is something they've never done before. And actually getting them to go away for a week or two and actually set some values is, is a big first step for me. Yeah, a lot of them don't, haven't done values before. Um, but I've got a worksheet that, I, that I'll sit and do with them. And then I, get, I still get them to take it away and bring it back the next time. I'm like, so this is the values that, that you have associated with or kind of resonate with. Check that that still feels right and then nine times out of ten when they take the list away that we've worked out together within a session when they come back they're like that oh yeah that makes so much sense like yeah yeah that's a good way to do it so with the warrior woman project obviously you work mostly with women yeah. um i know you have a few male clients but mostly with women there's a thing recently, this is something I've never talked about before, but women are very keen on being empowered. We're talking about changing words around here. So instead of being thin and slim, we're looking at becoming strong and empowering. Why, why is that such a thing over the last few years that women feel the need to, to really be empowered? What's gone wrong in the years previously where women don't feel empowered? They feel almost weak and shy and sec second to men possibly. What, what's changed recently? I have friends that will tell you that the, the there's planet planetary alignment streak happening just now. I don't fully understand all the ins and outs of it, but there's a shift in the way the planets are all sitting. And the, somebody had said that 2017 was the start of like a new block. Because you know how 2016 loads of celebrities died, and it was like there was this grand clearing. And apparently that was to do with the fact that it was 2016 and 2017 was like a brand new chapter. It was this, okay. I'm rubbing my hands together, this sort of alignment type of thing that was, <laughs> that was happening. And there's just been this, something has triggered women to go, do you know what? We've been too polite for too long. We've accepted substandard treatment, whether it's not been getting paid enough, whether it's been catcalled and the huge Me Too movement that's, um, that's going on just now. And it's just like, we can't just keep sitting here and accepting that. 2017 was also 100 years from the suffragettes movement. So that's probably reignited and inspired a lot of women as well to go. We're, we're the ones that have to stand up and actually make a change here because if we don't, these people in power that are walking all over us are going to keep walking all over us and we need to be much stronger because we can be. Yeah. Yeah. I think from, from what I've seen recently that the shift was years ago, edit, editors of magazines generally would be men and you'd get the airbrushed women on the front of magazines, stick thin women on the front of magazines because that's what men assume that other men want to see. Okay, and that's seen as the ideal image. But nowadays, you're getting more female editors in magazines. More magazines are showing uh, larger size women on covers. They're, they're taking away the airbrushing. And I'm seeing it with some of my clients that where a year ago, two years ago, they wouldn't, they wouldn't wear anything other than a cardigan or a big jumper. Now, they're not actually much slimmer. They've not lost that much weight. But something's changing their head. And they're out on Instagram taking half-naked pictures of themselves. They've just got this confidence all of a sudden where I don't give a fuck what other people are saying or doing. This is me. I'm happy with how I am. And how many songs are there? How many tracks are there out there talking about women being stronger, empowered, and, yeah. and not, not caring about what other people think? And it's just, it's that change as well. I think there's more of a shift in 
in women in, in more high-powered jobs as well. Yeah, and I think the, the body positivity movement has been really massive in the last couple of years as well about really pushing people in the media to not only show these airbrushed, stick-thin models in the fronts of magazines and on TV shows and on catwalks and things like that, because I can't remember how long ago it was that in France a model's BMI has to be a certain number, otherwise we can't be a model on catwalks. Um, yeah. I think that was 2015, 2014, can't remember, it was a few years ago anyway, that there was that big push. So I think just there are pe some people of influence out there that are taking responsibility and starting to say, no, we need to give a more varied, more varied image because they know that it will sell more. If they're appealing to more people, they know that it will sell because the internet has woken so many people up to all this information. Like I speak to 20, 21, 22-year-olds and they are so wise about the stuff that's going on because they've been brought up on, on the internet and know how to access information and know how to be empowered. Where when I was that age, the internet didn't exist. You relied on what the BBC or ITV News, I mean, I don't even think Sky exists, like Sky TV really was a thing then. I can't remember when that, came, when that became a thing, but you relied on what you saw in the newspapers and on the front covers of magazines, and that was it. There wasn't all this other information. So this new, younger, these millennials that have this information that are just like, no, hang on a wee minute, you've been suckered. We're, we're doing this in a different way. And they are starting to make a change at almost grassroots level of going, no, we're going to show you how to do this. And they are helping change the way that things are happening. Yeah, there's def definitely a shift. Um, and I'll tell you what, what, um, what I noticed the other day, I was watching a, I was watching a film, funnily enough. And... The, the lady in the film, the lead lady, very pretty lady. She looks really nice in, in the dresses. She looks really good. And, and I know for a fact that other women are thinking, oh, I want to look like this lady. I want to look like this, this actress. Then she was in um, a little bit of a rude scene and she took her clothes off and she was, she was like a skeleton. Mm. And, but you would never see that on screen in, in the dresses because she's made to look like this, this perfect body. She's fit. She's healthy. But then she takes her clothes off and you think, oh my God, she's, she's so underway. She needs to go out and eat some food. Yeah. But, but most people don't see that. That's a split second in a film. Most people see this, this body confident and this, this perfect body that they want to be. But it's not really like that. And these people, they don't look like that from day to day. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of images that you see. I mean, a lot of the, the films and stuff. Even on moving pictures, they can airbrush things and they can digitally enhance so that bodies don't actually look like what bodies look like. And I know that there's a big push just now. I've got a few friends that are sharing a lot of stuff and trying to get petitions signed about companies who are using influencers that have been on reality TV shows to push like skinny coffees and these weight things. But the, the before and after pictures are all heavily airbrushed or they're standing in really unusual positions to make yeah. the body look a certain way. And it's like, you're asking, one of my friends specifically that set up this petition is like, these people that have got one and two and three million followers can't be pushing these things. Because it was, who was it? The lollipop thing? The appetite suppressing lollipop? There was a fake um, that Kim Kardashian. Right. I don't know who, know who she is. Um, she had, there was appetite suppressant lollipops and she had advertised them. And in Times Square, they were advertising these lollipops and it was aimed at women to eat these. And she's, I 
don't know how many followers she's got millions and millions and millions a few more than me a few more than me definitely more than me (laughs) but there's this big call for people that are in that that level of influence to change what it is that they're representing and be careful about who it is that they're being sponsored by or whatever because these messages are always getting pushed out and there's so many people are down on the ground trying to change it and trying this the body positivity movement's there and we're doing so well and then all of a sudden this woman comes in with her let's eat this lollipop and not eat yeah i know but but nowadays she's standing out like a sore thumb because there's so many women like you say going the opposite way but yeah. even whether it be moving pictures whether it be still pictures whether it be instagram posts when you walk out of the shower stark naked you stand in front of your mirror and you judge yourself compare yourself to these celebrities but the celebrities they're in front of perfect lighting they've had they've had that shot taken fifty thousand times to get the perfect image they've got three or four cameras on them you know they've got guys touching their hair up doing their makeup of course you're not going to look like that nobody is going to look like that the woman in the picture doesn't get out of her shower looking like that it's just it's just a fake image that unfortunately well unfortunately years gone by we a lot of people stuck to it thought that's how i want to look but now it's just more evident that that's not the way that we can that we can be and we should be yeah so what would just before we wrap up then jen um what would be your advice to women listening to this i nearly said watching this and listening to this um that are a little bit lost at the moment that you know maybe they are suffering with a bit of ibs maybe they are a little bit overweight unfit in poor relationships what would be your advice to to get them started on a more healthier path take a step back and have a really really honest look at your life and understand what it is that makes you happy and what it is that doesn't make you happy and the stuff that doesn't make you happy whether it's a person whether it's your job whether it's your thought process do something about trying to make a change and reach out to somebody for help if you go I don't know where to start go and get yourself a coach get yourself a mentor sign up for some program find somebody who you really respect their work and ask them for some support and some help and start from there or buy my book (laughs) yeah and it's never too late is it it doesn't matter how old you are you can you can always start again I've got clients, um, 50s, 60s, 70s that have come along or they've read my book or they've done one of my programs and they're like, right, I need to make a change because they've lived a life where they weren't happy and now all of a sudden they're seeing all these people and all these people are younger than them going, I'm making a change, I'm not accepting this and they've realised that this is actually okay to not accept it and they're off doing amazing, wonderful things. Yeah, brilliant. Great bit of advice. Thank you very much, Jen, for sharing your story on both parts of this podcast. It's been great listening to you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, pleasure. You take care. Thanks very much. Take care. I absolutely love how the guests I have on this podcast really open up once they get behind that microphone. And to be honest, without a lot of prompting from me, everyone just seems to open up tell their story in the most honest way possible and it's the only way that we're all going to learn from these people if they are truly honest as Jen has been in these last two episodes and share their journey we, we don't want to be given fluff we don't want to be given like the perfect lifestyle and how we should do this and expect coaches never to fail for things never to go wrong and it's so refreshing to hear everyone I've had on the podcast from athletes to coaches to good friends 
all just opening up, telling their story, also you, the listener, can enjoy a healthier life. I think the one thing I really take from that is the fact that that Jen said there she she wrote a book to help others, and yet when she goes back and reads through the book, that she thinks, well, actually, I'm not doing a lot of that myself, and, and ends up learning from her own book and taking her own advice, which is, I think as coaches, we, we all need to do that sometimes. We all need to take a little bit of our own advice. We don't always live perfectly as as we said in that episode there no one's life is ever a 10 out of 10 there's always room for improvement you know Richard Branson says that all the time that nothing's ever perfect there's always room for improvement and you look at one of the best businessmen in the world there saying that nothing's ever perfect where to the outside it might seem it but there's always always room for improvement and I think we can all take that advice away today there's always room for improvement So I said I had a little offer for you as well at the end of today's episode. So if you'd like to head over to the show notes, I'm actually running a masterclass on the 30th of March. That's a Saturday. It's going to be online, so it doesn't matter where you're listening in the world. You can still come on and join. It's on offer for under £10, and we're looking at how the food you eat can impact your mental health. So if you've ever been stressed, if you've ever suffered with anxiety or depression, you might be surprised to know that the food you eat greatly influence all these conditions and I want to join you for 60 minutes to show you and help you to either reduce or eradicate all these conditions from your life simply by making a few simple changes in the kitchen. It might seem far-fetched, you might not believe it right now but believe me there is a few things you can do simply in the kitchen. You don't have to be a, a master chef to do it, you can just make a few small simple changes on a daily basis and you can like I say reduce or eradicate the symptoms of anxiety, of stress, of depression, of anger and hatred, and even just the disappointment in yourself. Maybe you're over 40 now and you've, you've not lived the last 20 years the way you'd want to. Maybe you're not in the position you'd like to be now. Maybe you're always attracting the wrong relationships. Maybe you're a few stone overweight and you're disappointed in yourself for letting yourself get that way. Let me help you with that mental aspect and let me help you in the kitchen and tie the two together so that you can be mentally stronger to deal with life struggles and that can make sure that your life after 40 is either just as good or even better than it was for you in the past 20 to 30 years. So head over to the show notes, grab the link. So less than 10 UK pounds. Um, I can't confess to tell you what that is in euros or other currencies across the world, but it's it's really not a lot. It's, it's generally less than one hour's pay in most jobs so head over to that grab a place all you need is a phone a tablet or a laptop and it can drastically change your life moving forward for the rest of 2019 and beyond so hopefully i'll see a few of you listeners in that group as well in that masterclass. if not i will see you again in a couple of episodes time for episode number 47 with my good friend claire morgan hughes from the uk so take care thanks thank you all so much for listening and i'll speak to you again soon